Welcome everybody to the Fantasy Giant Podcast Solo Edition. This is the biggest Joe you know. My co-host uh, informed me before the show today that, reminder, he can't make it to the show. He's north of the border for work, visiting uh, Montreal, I believe he said. And I responded, reminder, you need to tell somebody before you can say reminder. But that's okay, the show must go on. So here I am, flying solo for the Fantasy Giant Podcast. Let's not waste any more time and get right into things. The trade deadline just passed, and my goodness, there was more trades this year in the NFL than there's been in our leagues in years. We need more trading. Just to recap some of the trades, the biggest one obviously happened a week ago. Christian McCaffrey now on the 49ers. That looks like an absolute league winner. Not only is he on a better offense, better team, but they sent Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins. So now he has really no competition there for carries, at least for the next few weeks. We'll see what Mitchell does when he comes back. I mentioned Wilson to the Dolphins. That's because they got Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. In order to get him, they included Chase Edmonds. So if you have Chase Edmonds, he's now... A part of the three-headed monster in Denver and probably useless for fantasy. The couple of trades that were a fantasy note, TJ Hawkinson, obviously, our Lions to the Vikings. What a ridiculous trade that is. I think he's going to be a stud for the Vikings, more so than he was for the Lions. And I expect him to score a touchdown every time he visits Ford Field here on out. Chase Claypool goes from the Steelers to Bears wide receiver one on a Justin Fields-led offense. Justin Fields doesn't do it with the air, but he is getting it done fantasy-wise. I believe he's QB5 over the last three weeks, so somebody to keep an eye on. Always gets that rushing yards, and we'll talk about that in a few more minutes. Naheem Hines goes from the Colts to the Bills, so my Devin Singletary shares, uh, they don't look very good, uh, as I expect Hines to get heavily involved in that Bills pass-friendly offense. To make room for Hines, the Bills sent Zach Moss to the Colts, so Joe Stortz, make sure you pick him up and start him as soon as possible. We know you love Zach Moss. Uh, the other trades of note, obviously we know Robbie Anderson went from the Panthers to the Cardinals, and Kadarius Tony from the Giants to the Chiefs. Excited to see what Tony can do. Hopefully he's healthy. He did have the bye week, so an extra week of practice before he makes his debut for Kansas City. Stars of the week this past weekend, Alvin Kamara. Christian McCaffrey, those guys both went off 38, 36 points respectively. Derrick Henry also 36, Pollard 33, Deonta Foreman 31. For wide receivers, we had A.J. Brown 36 points. DeAndre Hopkins wasted no time becoming wide receiver one again, 28 points for him. And at the quarterback position, Hertz, Murray, Prescott, Fields all had right around 30 points apiece. Lots of points to be scored in many different fantasy leagues. Hopefully it worked out for you. Looking ahead to this week, the buys that you need to keep an eye on. The Browns go on by after that Monday Night Football win. Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers. Why the hell do we have six teams on by this week? When we had two on by last week. It makes no sense to me the way they don't even this out. There should really be the same number of teams on by every week. I don't care if it makes sense for playing-wise. It makes sense for fantasy. So help us out. It's ridiculous. All of a sudden, we get hit again by Mageddon. Teams are scrambling to field a, a roster like my opponent this week. All right, our quick three. Hopefully, you guys don't skip past this. Greg and I make the joke every once in a while because... Looking at the analytics of the episodes, uh, number of plays, you know, what part of the show gets the most listens, and there was one episode where we had a decent number of plays. I think it was close to double digits, and the analytics showed that everybody skipped the quick three. You hit skip, 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 skip. You guys don't care 
what we're talking about but we continue to do it there's other parts of this show that we're going to cut out but the quick three is not going anywhere shows you guys who i'm following on twitter essentially just like our boy ian hartitz at ian hartitz he tweeted out qbs with at least six fantasy points from rushing production only jalen hurts averaging nine and a half points lamar jackson 8.4 justin fields i mentioned him earlier he's getting 7.6 points a game just from the ground I was kind of surprised by this one. Daniel Jones, 6.8. And of course, Josh Allen comes in with 6.1 points per game from his rushing production so far this year. Pretty obvious at this point. If you're listening to this show, you probably know. But if not, a rushing quarterback is cheat codes in fantasy football. Like we just said, the Bears offense sucks. Justin Fields is a legit starter, at least these past three or four weeks for fantasy might want to pick him up, especially if you're starting Zach Wilson, Dave. Tweet number two comes from at NFL Fantasy. Justin Jefferson has zero receiving touchdowns since week number one. I was absolutely shocked by this. He does have a rushing touchdown, so that's why they emphasize receiving touchdown. But Justin Jefferson has been having a great year. Puts up tons of points. He's averaging 17 and a half. Only have a receiving touchdown a week number one is a pretty wild stat. That's probably why he gets those three and five. Tweet number three comes from Evan H. Abrams. It's the Vegas effect. Teams after facing the Raiders in Vegas and are 6-16 six and 16 against the spread in their next game, losing their last seven in a row against the spread. Meaning, after they beat the Raiders, because they suck this year, they're partying pretty hard in Vegas, little hangover, and they don't perform as well the next week. I mean... Isn't that the reason why the Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year? Guys just went too hard. And we're going to go a little off topic real quick. And I'm going to invite everybody for the El Scorcho Becomes El Storco Invitational. Uh, Greg and Liz are welcoming a baby girl in January to their family. It's been a long time coming for the Fink, so we want to celebrate. And I am throwing Greg a little diaper party. If you're listening to this, you must know us personally or just be a huge fan of the show, which is wild. And so you're invited. Come on over. Bring Greg some diapers. Let's have a good time. There'll be plenty of football on the TVs. I'll get a nice spread. We'll play some poker and uh, maybe a couple other games, have some fun. But let's uh, celebrate Greg one last time before he becomes a dad and starts changing diapers every night and goes to bed even earlier than he already does. All right, now time to jump into the Legacy League. Here are the scores from week number eight. The Hertz Locker outlasted the Fantasy Behemoth in a slugfest. 87-72, Dave gets the win. This is the year T-Bags El Scorcho with a 126-101 victory. I heart farts shits on chasing greatness. 103-83, 20-point victory for the defending champion. The Bengal Kings keep their hot streak alive, but they don't get the high points this time. But they do get a 35-point victory over the Fantasy Giant, 130-96. Waste Management finds the win column with a 135-107 drumming of Washington Redskins. And your weekly high-point winner. He won by 57, and his opponent put up 120. Sean's hair, 177 points to 120 he takes down i love lamb in a battle for first place lived up to the hype kyle lived up to his first place status knocked out lynette thanks to kamara's 38 mccaffrey's 36 hopkins 30 
And by God, does Kyle's team look scary right now. Look out, everybody. His team is not messing around this year. He won it back in 2020, and he's coming back for it in 2022. After the 49ers trade, McCaffrey looks like an absolute beast. And with Hopkins back, the Cardinals offense is back on track for that Arizona stack he has. The game of the week, though, featured waste management getting the 135 to 107 victory. The Redskins fall to three and five. We mentioned uh, Jefferson hasn't scored a touchdown in a while. He did score 12 points in this game. Henry put up 35, but across the field from him, waste management got 31 points out of Deonta Foreman and 25 points out of DJ Moore. And Prescott chipped in another 28. Big victory for him. He needed it. 135 to 107. Is able to pick up a little ground in the food watch. He's now only 28 points behind Greg and 30 behind Dave. Maybe the McCluckies are going to cater the draft next year. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, looking out the other standings, like I mentioned, Kyle is sole in first place at six and two. Dave, Lynette, Jeff, Steve, all right behind him at five and three. And we have seven teams above 500 total. Seven teams make the playoffs, so right now, looking pretty good if you're at 500, which is not myself or L scored show. I'm scoring a ton of points, but not getting victories because I'm allowing so many damn points. The most allowed in the league is myself. 898, next closest is Fink at 850. You guys hate us. And then it comes Storts at 825. Unbelievable how much you guys dislike us. We put this podcast together and you just run it up on us week in and week out, and we might miss the playoffs because of it. We're both on the outside looking in, which is not good. The big news, though, if you're listening to this on Thursday, make some trades because the trade deadline is happening Friday at 3 a.m. So if you don't make a trade Thursday, you're going to miss out. Uh, People ask, why is it so early? Well, the NFL just had their trade deadline, and their season goes longer than ours. So why would our trade deadline go longer? And as we get more, more teams out of it, there's no way to compensate a team that makes a trade for next year. So instead of having teams just give up and make any weird trades if they're already out of playoffs, we have our trade deadline this early. It's been this way for a long time. Usually it's Halloween, so uh, no complaints. One thing that is changing, uh, last week I recorded the update for the Sunday injury and scheduled the episode to post at 12-12. I did the wrong 12-12. I went back to listen during the 1 o'clock games. It wasn't there yet. So instead of messing with that stress... I am just going to give you games to watch during this segment, and we will just skip the Sunday updates altogether. If you need me to tell you who is injured and who is playing, just text me. I'm not recording a podcast. So the game to watch this weekend, it's the Bengal Kings take on I Love Lamb. Ken Stortz, stay hot. His team has been on absolute fire lately. He's 4-4. Four and four. I Love Lamb just put up 120 but got the loss. He drops to 5-3. and three. This week, Storch is going to be without George Kittle and Tony Pollard, so that's going to be uh, quite a lot of points from last week to make up for. Meanwhile, Lynette comes in at almost full strength, so I got to give the advantage to Lynette, and I think he's uh, got the better team overall. Storch has been on fire, though, so you can't count him out, even though he is going against the triple stack of I Love Lamb with all his Eagles taking on the Texans. Now moving over to the Coast to Coast League, here are the scores from the Dynasty League. The 08 Lions took down Cromartie's Childcare 132 to 108. The Good News outlasted Team Beers 139 to 119. El Scorcho finds the win column and is now 500, winning four in a row, 143 to 121. Victory over the Chaos Knights. The Fantasy Giant gets a win, 137 to 91 over Threat Level Midnight. 
and Sunnyvale Sam Squatches 166 to 100 victory over Team Beers, keeping him at 0 and 8. Beers is winless. Let's keep it going, folks. He, I think he set his lineup at least this week, and Kyle Pitts showed up for him. 100 points, not bad, more than he usually scores. But Chafee did his job, kept him winless, and we move on to week number nine. The game of the week, though, from the Coast to Coast League. Trent takes down Capriati, 132-108. to Tony Pollard, the big scorer for him, 33 points. Cooper chipped in 20, and 20 as well from Diggs. Capriati led by Kamara's 40 other than that, no one else scored over 15 points for him, so he does drop to 6-2. and two. Trent improves to 6-2, and two, and the standings got a lot more interesting after last weekend. We do have six teams above 500. Six teams make the playoffs, so just like the other league, if you're above 500, you're probably in the playoffs. And thanks to back-to-back losses by both Capriati and and Team Beers, those standings, like I mentioned, are a lot closer. We do have the 08 Team Beers, but everyone else is at worst 3-5. and five. No one is quite out of it yet. Should be an exciting uh, playoff race down the stretch. My biggest takeaway from this week, though, I really needed to call out Greg. Why the hell did you start Sam Ellinger? Fink. You have all these quarterbacks on your team. I get it. Justin Herbert was on by. You had to find someone. Why do you have Trevor Lawrence? Why do you have Kenny Pickett? You hold on to these guys. It's a one QB league and you carry four quarterbacks, but you don't want to start them when it's their time. You're going to pick up Sam Ellinger. Did you think he was going to be the second coming? Oh my goodness. I don't even tell you. Ridiculous. The game to watch this weekend though, it's round two of last year's championship. Capriati takes on team beers. I told you they both are coming off back to back losses. So this is going to be a huge game to see which one of them can right the ship. The matchup's predicted heavily in Capriati's favor, but it's still early, so we got to make some adjustments. Fortunately for Team Beers, he will get his Chiefs coming back on by. That includes Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I expect the game to be a little bit closer than the prediction. All right, now time for the Chopping Block Guillotine League. Your high scores this week. Holy shit, Joe Stortz, 152 points in a Guillotine League where you start less players than you do in any of the other ones. Great job. Kyle, not far behind, 119. Another huge week for him. And Ginger Nation, Jeff, he put up 111 points. But it's the low scores you got to watch. Dan's Dandy Team, 82 points. El Scorcho with 65, and unfortunately, Mrs. Fink, 47 points. She is chopped. We say farewell to Liz, but thank you. A hell of an effort. I have to 100% blame Greg. Last week, he awarded her Manager of the Year at the Midway Point, and this week she gets chopped. He 100% jinxed you, Liz. My apologies, but great job. She had a pretty good team, and here they went to waivers. Some interesting bids. The big one, Travis Kelsey, $42 to Duncan. He's been holding on to all his money. That's a team, nothing to lose. Right behind him, El Scorcho. Hey, he tried. $36, bucks, believe in now, $27. Bucks. Devonta Adams, he went for $16 to believe in now. That's Corpy. Ryan's best, next closest with $14. Then Kyle with six, so not a lot of money spent on Devonta Adams after he put up a one catch for three-yard performance. Jamal Williams goes to El Scorcho for $9. Dan bids six. A.J. Dillon goes to Ryan for four. Kyle bid two. 
Michael Carter goes to Kyle for seven, and we had a couple bids there for zero dollars. We now have 12 teams remaining after week number eight. Don't forget, once we get down to the final four, two teams will be chopped in a little final four bracket style tournament. But as we look ahead to week number nine, a couple teams projected low, backwards down the field in the 60s, beer and chicken wing in the 70s. Make sure you guys get your lineups, make those moves set so you don't so you avoid the chopping block. Other leagues I'm involved in, the BWO. I went and tied the second highest game total ever with 210 points scored and then i made a trade because that wasn't enough my team already features christian mccaffrey derrick henry joe mixon ramondre stevenson kareem hunt i said why not add another running back bring on saquon barkley thanks for that ryan on top of those backs i have Diggs, waddle renfro and mooney hurts and goddard at the quarterback and tight end position have some pretty good defenses in the bucks and rams but the big thing is i didn't want saquon to go to anybody else I really want to win this league this year. I went all in for this season. I was trading picks last year just to build up my draft this year. That's why I had three first round picks and was able to get Mixon, Henry, and McCaffrey. One of the trades I did make on draft day was with Ryan, and I gave him my second round pick to move up into the first. And in his second round pick, he did take Saquon Barkley. So I felt like if I wouldn't have made the trade, I would have had Saquon Barkley anyway. So let's just bring him on the squad. Hopefully I'll win that BWO title. Uh, still a long way to go, but a stacked running back core, that's for damn sure. All right, our weekend watch telling you the games that are on national TV this weekend and always starts Thursday Night Football. Now on Amazon Prime, we got the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Houston Texans. But will the city of Philadelphia be watching as the Philadelphia Phillies host the Houston Astros in the World Series? So it'll be interesting to see the TV ratings after that game. Saturday, college football. A lot of great games at night, but it starts at noon. Texas Tech at TCU. That's number seven TCU on Fox. On ABC, number two, Ohio State travels to Northwestern. The big game of the weekend. It's 3.30 on CBS as number one, Tennessee travels between the hedges to take on number three, Georgia. And then a lot of fun happening at late games. Seven o'clock on ESPN, number six, Bama takes on number 10, LSU. On FS1, number 24, Texas takes on number 13, Kansas State. 7.30 on ABC, an unranked Florida State team plays an unranked Miami team. But those games are always interesting. The Big Ten Network has Michigan at Rutgers at 7.30. And NBC has number four Clemson at Notre Dame also at 7.30. Couple big games at noon, the biggest game at 3.30, and then five solid games at 7. I'm glad I have so many TVs and no plans. Sunday... The professionals take the field, and it's interesting for us here in Detroit. At 1 o'clock, we will see the Packers take on the Lions on Fox. At 1 o'clock on CBS, we should be watching the Dolphins and the Bears. But unfortunately for us here locally in Detroit, it is being blacked out. And that is because only four times a year can a local team go head-to-head -head against another game. The Lions have two have six home games this year that are in single header windows where they won't have another game on. So that means this game and one more later on this year will be blacked out for Lions fans and we're stuck only watching the Lions at 1 o'clock. And that's why you have Red Zone. At 425, the national game on CBS, we have the LA Rams taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
The night game, 8 o'clock on NBC. The Tennessee Titans are visiting Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. And it wraps up on Monday Night Football as Baltimore travels to New Orleans for Ravens vs. Saints on ESPN. Now, usually this is the part of the show where we give you a player to bet on to score a touchdown on the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock window. Greg hasn't done that bad this year. He's actually 6 correct, 10 incorrect. 6 and 10 this year through 8 weeks. Uh, myself, on the other hand, I'm 3 and 15. Last week, I told you to bet on Irv Smith, who got injured, didn't finish the game, and Kyle Juszczyk, who actually didn't even dress for the game. So, instead of giving you shit bets and making you waste your money, we're going to delete this segment from the show. I'm going to take the big L on the season at 3-15 and 15 and hope you didn't make any of the bets I did because, well, my account is flatlined and I'm going to just uh, lay off that for a while. Instead, we're going to bring back the Call Your Shot, where each week we tell you something that's going to happen. And I'm going to start you off. I'm calling my shot against myself. One of the coolest things, the update for the ESPN Fantasy app, is they included history. So now, if you go to League, you tap on League History, you can see lots of interesting things about your team, like your all-time record, 92-65 and in my case, total matchups, seasons played, all my championship trophies, my average finish. And you're able to see even more like who your toughest opponent is or who your easiest opponent is. Well, my toughest opponent is Mike Lynette. I love Lamb. I'm 5-8 and eight against him lifetime. And that sucks. But my easiest opponent is my opponent this weekend, Bad Juju, who I am 13-0 and in my career. Yes, 13-0. and Every time Greg McClucky has played me in fantasy football, I have come out on top. This week, unfortunately for Greg, most of his star players are either hurt or on bye. And it's lining up like it's going to be number 14. Early projections really can't even be talked about at this point because he can't even feel the full roster while I'm recording this episode. Totally in my favor. However, this is fantasy football. This is the Legacy League, and this is where, for some reason, you guys love scoring points against me. I said earlier in the show, I have 898 points scored against me. Well, this week, I bet it breaks 1,000, and I take the loss, and Greg McClucky is going to get his first win ever against me. Well, good luck to you, Greg. And to the other Greg L. Scorcho, reminder, you're flying solo tonight. I hope you at least listened. I think it went pretty well. I thank you all for listening to the show. Good luck to you this weekend in your games. Remember, I will not be giving you an injury update on Sunday mornings. I'm going to take those Sunday mornings and spend that 20 minutes with my kid, have some fun before I ignore the rest of my family starting at 1 o'clock for seven hours of uninterrupted football like I do each and every week. That's the least I can do for him, right? Thank you guys for listening to the Fantasy Giant Podcast. As always, check out thefantasygiant.com for history of the leagues and information that probably hasn't been updated since August. Uh, Sorry about that. Work sucks. Good luck to you all this weekend. Hopefully you score lots of points and your players stay healthy. And then this is the part where Frank yells goodbye in another language.